uh, Philippians chapter 2, very familiar scripture. Uh, but let's begin to read in verse 1. Philippians 2 verse 1, the Bible said, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient even unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that who? Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You can be seated this morning. Lord, we come before you this morning. We'll tell you that we love you and thank you for loving us. Uh, We thank you for saving us when we were so unworthy and that to be saved and still unworthy, but in your grace and your mercy, you have saved us and kept us. Lord, we ask this morning that you would help the one that might have a need. There uh, may be folk here that are lost, that have never trusted you, never come to the saving knowledge uh, of your grace. And I pray this morning they would move and trust you uh, with their heart. We pray that if there's somebody here that is struggling, maybe they have a need in their life, uh, Lord, I pray you'd meet that need. I pray folk would be very attentive in that to the Word of God. I pray you'd open folks' hearts uh, and that to the Word this morning and do a work in their life that I cannot do and that only you can do and that through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit, I pray you'd touch this morning. Touch it and on us afresh. And Lord, we'll tell you that we love you and just help us in that from heaven. And God, we thank you for Calvary. Meet with us now and save that sinner's nearest tale for these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. When we look in these 11 verses, the first four verses uh, deals primarily uh, and that with uh, how we are to treat uh, and to think about others. Uh, the, the mindset uh, and the, let me see how I can say this, uh, the instruction that uh, we're to have uh, and that how we're to live while we're here uh, on this earth. Uh, let, let me cut to it here. Let me cut to the chase as some would say. When you look in verses 1 through 4, uh, as the Apostle Paul tells us how to live, and I'm going to deal with that, he gives us the example of that uh, in verses 5 through 11. Uh, he tells us and that... Uh, uh, if there be any, what, consolation, if there be any uh, comfort, if there be any fellowship, if there be any bowels uh, uh, and mercy. Uh, listen, when we come down and he says, fulfill ye my joy uh, that you be like-minded, having the same love, uh, uh, being of one accord, of one mind. 
If, if there's anything to Christ, if there's any comfort in Him, if there's any consolation, if there's any uh, fellowship around His Spirit, and if you have any mercy, if you have uh, any any grace that you can have with people, uh, uh, He said, then fulfill ye my joy, uh, uh, and do what? Be like-minded, uh, uh, having the same love in one accord uh, and of one mind. Uh, listen, He said, I want you... Uh, uh, and, and that to uh, uh, think together in Christ, uh, uh, come together in Christ, be of one mind and one of court. Uh, I'm going to tell you this morning, church, it's, uh, it's hard to pastor a church uh, uh, when everybody's headed uh, in different directions. I, I, you remember when I put all the musicians up here and had them play, and some of y'all remember this, some of you won't, uh, but we had them play and had three musicians. I, I had them all playing different songs, uh, uh, good songs, uh, uh, scriptural songs, uh, but they were all playing different songs at different timing, uh, different keys and different words. Uh, uh, and I'm still amazed that they've done it. Amen. Uh, uh, but, but they were all good, uh, but they're all doing their, their own thing. Uh, when it comes to serving Christ, uh, uh, he said, look, he said, be like-minded, having the same love, uh, being of one accord uh, and of one mind. Uh, we, we should have a one desire, uh, and that is to serve Christ. Uh, we should have one drive, uh, uh, and that is to faithfully serve Him uh, uh, in obedience, to do it with love uh, uh, and compassion uh, uh, that can only come uh, in Christ Jesus the Lord. That's what verse 1 uh, is talking about. He said, let nothing be done through strife uh, or vainglory. Uh, listen, we, we should not do anything. Uh, you know, strife is an exertion uh, or, or a contention uh, uh, to be superior, to have superiority. Uh, I, I mean, it's the, there's nothing wrong with being good at what you do, uh, uh, but what you have to understand, friend, uh, uh, is it's not, it's not about us. Uh, serving Christ is not about us. Uh, it's not about that we can get the glory. It's not that the spotlight uh, shines on us. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, what did he say in Matthew chapter 6? Uh, uh, he said, let you shine a uh, light so shine before men that they may see your good works uh, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Uh, listen, it's not about us getting the glory out of it. I stand in the spotlight so many times. I mean, on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, over and over again, the spotlight shines on the preacher. The spotlight shines on the singers. The spotlight shines on anybody that does anything for Christ. That's just the nature of it. But it's not the spotlight is not to be about us. It's to be about Him. You see, it's not, I mean, listen, we're, we're not to do anything uh, uh, through strife. We're not, we're not to do it uh, in, in, a, in a contest uh, or, or a struggle uh, uh, between us and heaven or between us and each other. You know, there are some people that will sing better than others. But, but I, I, and I'll be honest with you, I, I do think you need to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. But I would rather now, and i got to be careful right here because I'm going to tell you bad singing will grate on my nerves like, like fingernails on a chalkboard. But I would rather know that somebody loves God and says, I want to sing this song than somebody that can sing well uh, and, and they're living like the devil uh, and they're mistreating their neighbor uh, and, and they're talking bad about their church members. Uh, listen, I could care less how good they can sing. 
I mean, I'm just being honest this morning uh, from the depths of my heart. He said, let nothing be done through strife uh, or vainglory. You know, that's that excessive vanity or vanity that comes from uh, 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 one's own performance. We think we've done something good, so we lift up ourselves, you know. But he said to do it how? But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. You know, that means to put worth on somebody else. To put a value on what somebody else thinks or what somebody else does, that they're better at it than you are. Boy, I tell you, it was a great day when I figured out that I wasn't the best preacher in the world. Amen. I should strive to be the best preacher in the world. I think you ought to strive to be the best at everything you do. I mean, even the Bible talks about the uh, David, I believe it was, he talks about playing skillfully uh, uh, upon those instruments. I think you ought to be the best at whatever you do. But I'm going to tell you this morning, uh, uh, it's with lowliness of mind uh, uh, that, that we ought to esteem. each other. That means to lift up uh, uh, and do something for somebody else. He said, look not on the things... Look not every man on his things. Verse 4. I'm going to get to where I need to be here in a minute. Stay with me. But every man also on the things of others. We not only in that focus on our things, but we do see to what others need. And so as Paul laid out how that we are to esteem others and count ourselves lowly, You know, one of the hardest things that I had to get over and I still struggle with this is my opinion just don't mean a lot a lot of the times. Now think about that, what I said. Your opinion just don't mean a lot a lot of the time. Uh, When it it comes to helping somebody else, uh, uh, listen, or or, or how that uh, we think a lot of times. Uh, Let me see if I can justify what I'm saying here. Uh, to get to where you'll understand it. I, I know what I want to say. Uh, it, it's like this. So, sometimes we just don't understand what somebody's dealing with. Sometimes we don't understand what somebody's going through because we've never been there. Uh, and, and we might have an opinion of how they ought to deal with that thing uh, and how they ought to handle that thing. And I know with Scripture uh, we can do that, but sometimes uh, the best thing you can do is just be a friend to somebody, uh, be there to help them and lift them up uh, uh, and pray for them and say, if you need me, I'll be there. And then be there. A lot of people tell you they'll be there, but boy, when you need them, they're not there. Uh, but boy, then be there when somebody needs you. But in verses 1 through 4, he teaches us and tells us not to do it through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness. You know, that is one of the hardest things to do is to bring yourself to a low place. I Because son, when you get to a low place, oh, we have to become a servant. You see, we become low in humbleness. And in servitude. And that's the thing about it. Most of us, uh, uh, what was it that the the Lord said? That He come not to be ministered to, uh, but to minister. That means He came to be a servant. That's what we see uh, in these next verses right here. Notice that He said in in, in verse 6. Now He's beginning to, or verse 5. He's beginning to give us the example of what He wants us to do in verses uh, 1 through 4. He gives us Christ as the example. He said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What mind was that? 
What mind was that? He, he said this. He, he said, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. That's the mind that he's talking about. He said, look, if there was anybody uh, that could have ever thumbed his lapels uh, uh, and made himself a reputation, uh, it was Christ Jesus the Lord. If there was anybody that could have ever said, hey, uh, uh, look at me, uh, look who I am, uh, uh, what was it in First Timothy chapter 3, uh, and great is the mystery of godliness, uh, God was manifest uh, uh, in the flesh, John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14 said, and the Word was made flesh, uh, and well among us, and we beheld His glory, His glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Hey, it was the Lord Jesus Christ uh, uh, that came to this world uh, uh, listen, in man uh, or as man uh, uh, and He could fund His lapels uh, and said, look who I am, look what I can do, uh, uh, and all these things. He said, I could have made uh, a reputation of it. But He said, let this mind be in you. Notice He said He was in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. But he made of himself no reputation. He never lifted himself up. Not one time. But notice what your Bible said. And took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now we talked about this Wednesday night how that Christ Jesus came and that in the likeness of man. Do you realize that when he came, he, he, he robed himself in the same flesh that me and you were today? He, he's, he was no, I know he was 100% God and I know he was 100% man and my finite man, I cannot wrap that up. I don't understand that, I, I, but I believe it this morning. Amen. By faith, I believe that Jesus is God and I believe that he came as man. But I want to show you something this morning that you probably already know, but how many of us do it? I want you to see something about the Lord Jesus Christ. As He came to lay down His life for me and you, I want you to look at what it said. It said that He done what? He came in the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. In verse 8, And being found in fashion as a man, He humbled Himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. If we're going to perform verses 1 through 4, if we're going to be able to, uh, 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 to be like-minded, and have the same love and, and, and be in one accord and of one mind and, and do nothing through strife and vainglory but, but yet in lowliness and that serve one another and serve God and look not only to our things but to the things of others. We're going to have to be like Christ. He said, let this mind be in you. And you know what he talks about here when, when he's talking about verses 1 through 4 and all these things we're to do and he gives us uh, the example of how to do that. Uh, he's talking about a crucified life. You realize that. He's talking about becoming obedient. He's talking about being a servant and becoming obedient even to the death, even to the death of the cross. Now notice, number one, what did he do and that to do what he needed to do? First of all, the Bible said that he humbled himself. Notice right here that, uh, what it said. Uh, being, in fashion, being found fashion uh, as a man. Uh, he robed himself, uh, took upon himself what we wear. Uh, uh, so, you know why he done that? Uh, uh, because we could not get to God, uh, uh, but God could get to us. 
Now ain't that a wonderful thought this morning? I, I, there was no way that me and you could get to heaven I, I, on our own. I, there was no way that we could get to God, but God in His mercy and His grace... I, came to us. There's a message I preached sometime. God looked down. He came down and He laid down. Listen, you know what? He looked down and seen how miserable we were in our sin. He came down through the Lord Jesus Christ and at Calvary He laid down His life so that me and you get saved. Amen. Look right here. Bible said he humbled himself. He brought himself uh, and that to that loneliness of mind uh, and that loneliness of life. You know that's what humble means. Uh, uh, to be low as opposed to loftiness uh, 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 or to condescend uh, or to reduce. Ain't that what the Bible said in the book of Romans uh, uh, chapter 12 over there at one point when it, uh, where he talks about condescending to men uh, uh, of low estate. Uh, uh, that, hey listen, uh, that don't mean we're going to go out and sin with them. Uh, uh, but friend, we're going to have to get off our high horse sometime uh, uh, and help them. Uh, uh, think about how that Jesus in his humbleness uh, and that condescended uh, uh, and that to us. Do you realize that he left heaven uh, uh, to come down here? Think about that for just a second. He left heaven, uh, uh, the glory of the Father, uh, uh, in the presence of the angels uh, and that to come down here. You're talking about humbling himself. I mean, he's seated with the Father. Hey, John 17, he's praying to the Father. Uh, and in verse 5, and he says, Now, Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee uh, uh, before the world was. He said, Lord, uh, in John 17, he said, Hey, uh, uh, he said, glorify me uh, with the glory that me and you had uh, when I was there. Can you imagine the glory that he had? Isaiah shines a little light on that, ain't it? In Isaiah 6, when he talks about them seraphims up there flying around and they're crying, Holy, 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 you know. With twain they covered their face, with twain they covered their feet, with twain they flew. Man, there's a bunch of glory going on in heaven right now. There's a lot of praise that's going on in heaven. And can you imagine that being in the presence of the Father and of the Son and the Spirit there? Hey, listen, there's been a few times that God. God's come by down here uh, and His glory's got real, 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 hadn't it? Amen. And I mean, He showed up. Uh, uh, and listen, that's down here. Uh, uh, can you imagine what it's like up there? Uh, and Jesus is saying, glorify thou me uh, with the glory that I had when I was there. Now, He left all that to come down here for us. Think about that for just a second. Think about everything that he gave up to come down here. Think about everything he took on to come down here. The Bible said that he done what? Uh, that, that he made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Think about the one who had uh, never, uh, that, that he had never suffered. He had never been rejected. He had been in glory all his life. Uh, uh, so deservingly so, by the way. 2 Corinthians 8, the Apostle Paul put it like this, speaking of the Lord. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though He was rich, yet for your sakes He became poor, that you through His poverty might be made rich. He had all the riches of eternity and gave them all up to come down here for me. But when I, when I begin to consider that, when I begin to consider and put myself in there, uh, listen, that's, that, I, I, can't, I can't wrap that up. 
I can't, I cannot, uh, my mind cannot wrap itself around uh, uh, how low the Lord Jesus said brought himself uh, uh, to come down here to be born. Uh, uh, listen, of a woman to be born uh, uh, in a stable and to be laid in a manger. Uh, uh, I mean, what was it? Even his life, uh, uh, the foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man have not where to lay his head. Think about the humbleness the Lord Jesus had for me and you. Think about how He thought toward us. You know, see, what what we do sometimes and our thinking is two different things. What do you mean, preacher? Have you you, you ever just... and, and, And I guess maybe... I better be careful right here. I've, I've had to, I'm learning how to have more grace with people. I hope I'm learning how to have grace. Man, because I'm telling you, I need a boatload of it. I need people to have grace with me. And boy, when you come to that place in life that you realize, and I'm not saying there's anything great about me, don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but I've come to a place in life that I have learned that I need people to have grace with me. Because I think the way that I think, I do the things that I do, and I am what I am. And I'm I'm working on me, and the Lord's working on me, but I still am who I am. And you are who you are. And every one of us sitting in here are different. I mean, we're all different. And sometimes, does does things just not fluster you? Let let me me get a little deeper here. Do people not fluster you? (laughs) I know I fluster people. I, I know I do. I, 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 know, I know I have and I, I know I do and Miss Latham can attest to that. I, I, and, 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 and I know Brother Jeff can attest to that. And I'm going to put this as, as great as I can. But Brother Jeff, has, can I say it this way? You've been my deacon for, for 21 years. He, he's been my deacon for 21 years and he's learned me over 21 years and I've learned him over 21 years. Uh, he's, he's learned that that I can be a little aggravating sometimes. And he's had a lot of grace with me over the years. He has. He has. But you know what? The, the Lord Jesus in His humility, He left heaven. He, he left the glory that He had and He come down here to have nothing. But He come down here to give everything. He come down here to have grace with people. Now, listen, I know he's a judging God. I understand that. I know that. All judges being committed to him. That's not what I'm preaching on right now. He, he come down here to have grace and mercy. What was it that he told them over there? What was it he told them at one time? I believe it was when uh, he had come down and, uh, and, and, and it was Levi. Matthew was, was having that supper with all them publicans there. You know, all them tax collectors and, and the scribes and the Pharisees. They were getting bent out of shape over there uh, but because uh, they, they said, you, 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 you're, you're eating with all these publicans. Uh, uh, and, and the Lord heard that. Uh, and he said, they that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. He said, I didn't call. I didn't come to call the righteous to repentance. I come to call sinners. You know, the only people that Jesus ever got wound up with, and that was the religious. And it wasn't only the religious, it was the fake religious. 
See, that was the ones that he was getting wound up with. I mean, you can go over to the, is it the book of James over there uh, that talks about true and undefiled religion is to visit the fatherless and the widows uh, in their affliction and keep yourself unspotted from the world. When people talk about religion, I don't get wound up too much. It's that fake religion that I get wound up with. But as a servant, he left heaven to come down here for me and you. As a servant, he humbled himself to do the Father's will. Do you realize that it was the Father's will that He should come and die for us? You look over, is it, is it uh, uh, at one point, he, he tells us over and over and over again uh, that He just come to do the Father's will. Is it, is it in John chapter 4, He said, My me is to do the will of Him that sent me and to finish His work. He just come to do the Father's will. What do we do? In verses 1 through 4, it's the Father's will that we do these things. He said, look, I have left heaven and that to come down here and to die for those that need it. Do you realize how good the Lord Jesus was? Think about this for just a second. Do you realize that, that you know, the Apostle Paul talks about uh, spending and being spent for one of the churches. Do you realize that Christ came uh, to be spent for me and you? Think about it for just a second. Think, you know, the book of Acts, Peter's, uh, Peter's over there preaching in Acts 10 to Cornelius. And, uh, one, uh, and one of the things that he's talking about over there uh, with the Lord, he said how God anointed uh, Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost, and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed uh, of the devil, for God was with him. Think about, think about the, the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years she'd been sick and she spent all that she had and seen many physicians. And the Bible said she was none better, but only grew worse. But when she came to Jesus in faith, He healed her. Mark chapter 9, uh, you find the story. This, this is the part that I, I, want you, I want you to take your Bible and go to Mark 9. I want you to see this because this gets to be very important right here. Uh, you, have a, you have a father uh, who, who brings his son uh, uh, and that to the Lord's disciples and they couldn't do nothing with him. Uh, Peter, James, and John, the Lord Jesus been on the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, there was nothing that they could do. Uh, and his son uh, is possessed with the devil. Uh, and I mean, he's trying to tear him apart. He cast him in water, cast him in the fire, and, and all these things. I want you to look in verse 21 of Mark 9. So the Lord has basically reproved His disciples for not being able to cast them out. And in verse 21, And He asked His Father, How long is it ago since this came unto Him? And He said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast Him into the fire and into the water to destroy Him. You know that's what the devil does. He's out to destroy people. And He's out to destroy your children, by the way. You need to get a hold of that. You need to wrap your mind up in that. And Satan is out to get your children. He's out to get you, and He's out to get your children. He's out to get your home. But if thou canst do anything... Now listen here, look what He said next. Have compassion on us and help us. Here stands a daddy before the Lord, and all he cares about is his child. And he says, Lord, if you can do anything, would you have compassion on us and help us? Think about how heartbroken that daddy must have been standing there before the Lord. His disciples couldn't do anything. 
I mean, they, they couldn't cast him out. He has seen, he has, you know, we read over these stories and we don't think about this much, but do you realize that I don't know how old this, this, this son is right here, this child is, but he said it's, it's been with him since a child uh, and it's tried to kill him in the water, it's tried to kill him in the fire, and, and this father has seen this. He has watched this year after year. He, he has watched this happen and uh, his, as his heart breaks. And uh, I mean, he brings, and, and here this man Jesus is, and he hears stories about Jesus being able to cast out devils. And, uh, and he hears all these things, and he see, maybe he's seen what's going on. Maybe he's seen him do it for somebody else. I don't know. But, but can you imagine that uh, he finally gets to his disciples and uh, he says, can, can, can you cast this out of my son? They couldn't do nothing with it. By the way, the Lord tells them why. Because this only comes out by prayer and fasting. Makes you wonder if his disciples have been praying and fasting, don't they? Amen. This is always a question I ask. But you know what that father said before Jesus? He said, if thou canst do anything, he said, would you have compassion on us? Look at our pitiful state that we're in. And if you've got power to help us, would you help us? You know the one thing that when I was lost, I needed Jesus to see the pitiful condition that I was in and have compassion on me. That's what he done in heaven. He saw, the pitiful, he saw the pitiful shape that mankind was in and he had compassion on us and came. But see, there was a fateful Sunday night that the Lord done the same thing for me. He saw the shape that I was in and he had compassion on me. How do you have compassion? You remember what I tell you compassion always means? It means to put yourself in the place of somebody else. What did Jesus do when he came down here? He put himself in our place. Think about that. He humbled himself to come as man. He came just like me and you are uh, 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 and dealt in, in, in this flesh just like me and you deal with it with, with, with all the heartaches and, and, and with everything uh, that goes with it. He's seen all the hurt that people had and dealt with the hurt. He dealt and fought with the devil. Did he not? Matthew 4 tells us that. And he showed us how to win against the devil. We do it with the word of God, don't we? As it is written, as it is written. Ephesians chapter 6, he said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter 3, he said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. How? According to the power that worketh in us. Philippians chapter 2, here the Lord is. He's come as man. He's humbled himself. He's humbled himself to leave heaven. He's humbled himself to come as man. He's humbled himself to uh, to live like we live, but yet with nothing. Being rejected of man. He's been mocked. He's been made fun of. Uh, They've tried him. They found him guilty, but yet there was no guilt there. It was our guilt that hung on him, and yet they beat on him. And I always found it very interesting in John chapter 19 when, when Pilate parades him out there. And you remember what Pilate said as he's arrayed with the crown of thorns and the purple robe upon him. And here's what Pilate said. Pilate said, behold the man. Behold the man. That's what Jesus was. He was the God man that come for me and you. He humbled himself and in his humanity died for me and you. Notice what he said and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, verse 8 of the text, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. 
You ever think about that? Obedience. Obedience means there was a command or that there was a will, there was a submission to the will of somebody else. That's what obedience means. If you're going to obey the law, then somebody else made the law. If you're going to obey your mom and your dad, then they're telling you what to do and you're going to do it. So he was being obedient. Uh, he was a servant. He took upon himself the form of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. It was the will of God the Father that Jesus Christ the Son leave glory, come down here and die for us. How do you know that? We looked at that Wednesday night in Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah chapter 53, one of the greatest Old Testament scriptures and that dealing with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible said in verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased the Lord. It pleased, it pleased God the Father uh, uh, and that to bruise uh, uh, God the Son. How did he do that? At Calvary. It pleased him. Today. That's hard to fathom, Brother Marvin, that, that, that it pleased God and that to bruise His Son. You, you know, I, I really believe when He said, Eli, Eli, Lama Sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I really believe that God turned away from Him. I do. You, you know, the, the lights went out. While he was on Calvary. We don't talk about that a whole lot. But you know God turned the sunshine off that day. I mean the Bible tells us that plainly over there. That the sun refused to shine. I believe God in darkness. I believe he just turned away from his son. Because why? Because he was bearing mine and your sin. Not not his sin. But our sin. See, here's the thing. Christ was not forced to go, uh, uh, but He freely went uh, uh, and that to Calvary so me and you could get saved. He freely went uh, and that to obey uh, uh, the Father. He freely went. What was it? He said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise Him. Uh, uh, he had put Him to grieve uh, uh, and went out shall make His soul an offering uh, for sin. See, that's the thing. At Calvary where Christ died, where He was an obedient servant to His Father. And He went and died at Calvary. It was at Calvary that God imputed my sin and your sin to Him. It was a substitutionary death. It was a vicarious death. That means He died for somebody else. I mean, Barabbas got off the hook, man. I, I mean, if, if there was anybody that ever got off the hook, I, I, it was Barabbas. But I'm going to be honest with you, I was just as wicked or more wicked I, I, that, that, than what Barabbas was. I, I, and yet Jesus died for us. Not for his sin, but our sin. How do you figure that? Verse 11, he shall see the travail of his soul. He made his soul an offering for sin. You remember that? It pleased the Lord to bruise him. Uh, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. God made an offering out of his son. Just like Abraham was going to do to Isaac up on Mount Moriah. Do you realize that? I, I, I really believe, I really believe all this is happening in the same area. Uh, where Isaac was going to be, I, I, I believe it's about the same area. 
Uh, where Abraham and, uh, and and you know Abraham in in his uh, in his uh, faith in God and uh, in his uh, uh, prophecy, if I could say that, when Isaac said, uh, "We've got the wood and we've got the fire, but where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice?" and he said, "My son, God shall provide Himself a sacrifice." I've often wondered if if that that ram that was caught up there by its horns. I've often wondered if Abraham and Isaac started up one side of the mountain and that ram started up the other side. I don't know. I, I don't know when God got that ram there getting caught that Abraham could offer it. You remember, you remember, what, you remember what God told Abraham? God told Abraham to take thy son, thine only son. Can I park right here for just a minute and talk something about doctrinally? Do, do you realize that wasn't Abraham's only son? He had Ishmael. You remember that? By, 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 by handmaid, by, by Sarah's handmaid over there. You remember that? But, but, but God said, take thy son, thine only son. That was the son of promise, you see. That is who God reckoned and that the promises to come by. It was by Jesus that the promises came. He was not forced to go, but he freely went. He's praying with his disciples and he said, Oh, my Father, he said, If it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thy will. He freely went to Calvary to do his Father's will. He freely went to Calvary and that to die for me and you. Do, do you realize that, that, that uh, he was the lamb, according to 1 Peter 1, that he was the lamb slain from the foundation or before the foundation of the world? 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 through 20. In verses 18 and 19, it talks about the blood of Christ, but in verse 20, he talks about him being that lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Think about that for just a second. Before God ever spoke this thing into existence, he already made a plan in that for Calvary. I don't understand that. So Christ in His humility gives us an example of how to live. How much humility do we have? How much humility do we have with people? How much compassion do we have? We say, well, they ought to know better. Well, yeah, they ought to know better. But how much humility do we have with people? How much grace do we have with people? He said, well, preacher, for me to do that, I'm going to have to change the way that I think and the way that I act. You probably are. We say he's still working on me, but are we letting him work on us? But I'm telling you, my biggest problem's me, man. It ain't you, it's me. The biggest fight I have is with me, not with you, it's me. And boy, when we come to that place that we realize the biggest problem we have is me, that fixes a lot of things. It's me that's the problem. He become humble to serve others. But he become humble in that to follow the will of the Father. How about us? How humble are we? 
You know, everything Christ... Think about it for just a second. Christ did not ride in here. He was not born in a king's home. He did not ride on the white horse. He did not show up in Jerusalem to conquer and to take, but He came to die. And then He followed His heavenly Father, His will, and He did die. Because He humbled Himself and became obedient unto the death, even to the death of the cross. You know, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, He said, If any man, He said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. How much are we doing that? How much are we mortifying ourselves? How much are we, uh, I, I, I mean, listen, he, uh, he, he wants us to live for Him, not die for Him. You know, there, there are people that, that I heard this story the other day. And, and it was somewhere over in the Middle East and, and, and a feller had led some people to the Lord and, and, and they were interviewing him about that and, and he was weeping and crying and, and they asked him, well, are, are you overjoyed because you love? He said, I am overjoyed. But he said, I, I have tears of sorrow because their, their life expectancy over here in the Middle East as a Christian is about 21 days, three weeks. If they, if they let their light shine to try to win others... So they're going to make it about three weeks probably. I mean, they hate Christians over there. You realize that, right? I mean, we're living in the glorious place that we can live at on the face of the earth. And yet we don't serve Christ. And you've got people over there willing, willing to give up their life to serve Christ and all He's wanting us to do is just live for Him. He said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself. That is so hard to do, to deny yourself and take up your cross and follow me. It means it's not about us, but it's about Him. But you know, the Bible tells us because of what He done, God highly exalted Him and had given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Because of what He done, God exalted Him. And giving him a name that is above every name. That name of Jesus. That is what we celebrate this time of year. You remember in Matthew chapter 1 when uh, the, the angel was telling Joseph what to do over there to take Mary to be his wife even though she's found with child. Uh, and said when it comes time to name him, you name him Jesus. For he shall deliver his people, shall save his people from their sin. And that's what he came to do for us. Jesus I want you to listen to me. In verses, what, what God told us to do by the Apostle Paul in verses 1 through 4, in verses 5 through 11, he's our example of that, yes, it's possible to do that. To live lowly and to esteem others better and to condescend to men of low estate. How much are we doing that today? I want to go back to, to Levi for just a minute. Brother Marvin, y'all can come on and get a verse with Jeff. He'll be coming. But Levi was, was just, he was a publican. He, he was a, a tax collector. He was a Jew that was a tax collector collecting for the Roman government. And they hated him. And Jesus went to where they were. You know, most of the time, we're, we're hard-pressed to find lost people in the church house. It happens. 
I, I, I mean, sometimes people come and they're lost. They need to get saved. These young ones come to the age of accountability. You teach them in Sunday school. They sit under preaching. They know they need to get saved. They get saved. That's what happens. But for the majority, lost people ain't flooding into the church house. Jesus always went and found them. Are we going to find them and trying to win them? Let me say this. If you are, keep on doing what you're supposed to be doing. I, I, I seen a story the other day. Some, some folk that I know, they were up there on the streets of Knoxville ministering to those homeless people up there and, and giving them what they needed and was trying to win them to Christ and won some of them to the Lord Jesus Christ. We may not go up there, but I guarantee you there's people in your neighborhood and in your family and in my neighborhood and in my family that are lost and needs to get saved. And we need to be obedient, humble ourselves, and to go out and try to win them. Inspire heads this morning.